Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Psalm 23 and put a marker in Psalm 92. And if you're really spiritual this morning... If you're really feeling the anointing this morning, you've got that thick layer of anointing with the King James Bible this morning, Exodus 30. You can put a marker in Exodus 30 as well. I'm excited to continue this series we're in called Close, and it's all about the Holy Spirit. I love preaching and I love teaching about the Holy Spirit. And we're in this series at the moment, and I'm enjoying every moment. Is anyone else enjoying hearing and and leaning into God's Word when it comes to the Holy Spirit. I hope you are because it's powerful when we engage with the Holy Spirit. And the reason we call the series Close is because really that's what we need to be. We need to be close to the Holy Spirit. If we're not close to the Holy Spirit, that means we're distant from the Holy Spirit and that's not a good thing. We need to be as close as we can be. And I'm excited about that. So are you there yet? Psalm 23. I'm not there, so I'm going to hurry up and get there. Psalm 23 is a famous, famous psalm. Atheists and people who don't even go to church will know all about Psalm 23. But I've been preaching about the Holy Spirit. And last week, if you didn't catch last week's message or the week before, we've done two parts of the series already. Can I just encourage you either go to the podcast or go to the YouTube channel and, uh, and watch or listen to the, the message. If you can go to the YouTube channel, it would really help us out a lot if you could s- subscribe to the YouTube channel and um, just be involved and help move that along because I really believe God's going to use that. But um, s- part one and part two, we're all about establishing some things about the Holy Spirit. And last week, I talked about three symbols inside the package deal of faith. One being blood, which represents salvation. And these are all, by the way, three baptisms that we go through when we, when we, when we enter into faith. Blood, which is obviously representative of salvation, sacrifice, the price that Jesus paid. The second was water, baptism, the water of baptism that we believe in in our church. That's the removing of the old way, saying goodbye to the old thing, moving on towards everything that God has for us. And then finally, oil. So blood, water, and oil. I want to continue speaking about the oil, which represents God's spirit in the Bible. So we read in Psalm 23, but I'd love it if you could just pick up on in, Psalm, in the Psalms 23 and 92, the reference to oil. So here we go in verse 1. says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, and look at this, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you right now, Father, for the power of your word. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to gather around your word this morning, Father, to gather around that name Jesus, your son Jesus. Father, we just thank you that... It's Jesus that is the true difference maker in our lives. 
Father, as we lift high the name of Jesus over and above our circumstance and our situation, we lift up that name Jesus. We put our eyes heavenward. Lord, we just know, Father, that that's where your, your goodness is, Father. That's where your mercy and your grace and your favor lies, Lord. It's in Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for that this morning, Father. We pray for your word that it would go out, Lord, that it would be your words and not mine. In Jesus' name, and we all said together, Amen. Amen. The package deal, blood, water, and the oil. I want to continue today in that series with the last of that symbol, the last of the package, the oil. I'm titled this message this morning, if you're taking notes, is the good oil. Everybody say the good oil. I don't know about you, but I want the good oil in my life. I don't want the old oil. I don't want the stale oil. I don't want the oil that's running out. I want the oil that overflows. I want the oil that goes further. I want the oil that supplies. I want the oil that, that brings life. I want the oil that brings health. I want the, want the oil that brings vitality. Do you get the picture? Do you see where I'm going with this? Oil means life. That's ultimately what it means. But I want to talk about the good oil this morning. Psalm 23, David says it. He says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Oil is symbolic of God's spirit. It's symbolic of His Spirit, and it's His Holy Spirit at, is at work in our lives. See, what happens is when we receive the Holy Spirit, God anoints us with His Spirit. There's an anointing that goes on our lives. There's an anointing that comes on our lives. It means that we're different. That's what the oil was used for. It was used to separate. It was used to distinguish. It was used to set apart, make things holy. That's what anointing oil is. I remember when I was about 16 or 17, I got this new car. It was my first ever car. My dad bought it for me. It was actually a truck, but my wife, she likes to make fun of me because it's not the same trucks that you have here in America. See, I have a real truck now. I have an F-150. That's a real truck. But what I had in Australia was more like a car that sort of became a truck. Like an El Camino. That's right. And she used to, that's what she used to say. This is like an El Camino. This isn't a real truck. But to me, it was a truck. And I loved it. It was a 1999 Commodore Ute. Holden Commodore Ute. Man, I was the coolest kid on the block to me. <laughs> but I swear this truck, it was cursed. It was absolutely cursed. There would always be something wrong with it. Flat tires. The wheels were messed up sometimes. The tailgate wouldn't shut. It was brand new and I just couldn't work out what was going on with my truck. I mean, it was just like it was cursed. So I came up with this brilliant idea one day. I went to a, a private school run by uh, the priest, Catholic priest, and I, uh, I got along with one of the priests pretty well. He was, he was one of my teachers, and so I grabbed him in the hallway, and I said, hey, would it be cool if you grabbed some of that holy water and you could sprinkle it over my truck because my truck is cursed? And I thought it was a great idea at the time. I thought it was a great idea. I thought, this is, this is obviously, this makes a lot of sense. And sure enough, what was his answer? He said, sure, no problem, let's do it bring the car into the school grounds. And so that's what I did. I went and got it and I drove it in and I put it in the, in the parking spot next to where the priests live. And he came out and we had this big ceremony over my truck. And he sprinkled some holy water on it and nothing changed. It was still cursed. But that, the point of the story is this. It was my first experience with anointing. It was my first experience with the holy anointing. Except it wasn't on me. It was on my truck. But that's what the anointing oil is for. It's supposed to be holy. It's supposed to be for your life. Forget about things. It's supposed to be for you. 
And I want to speak this morning about the special anointing that God wants to put on your life through the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 133, it's a psalm that talks about God's unity or how much he loves unity, how much God just cares about unity and how it bless, he commands a blessing when it comes to unity. But look at what it says about, about the oil. It says in verse 2, it's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. See, what God is doing when he gives you the anointing from the Holy Spirit, it's not a drop. It's supposed to be a drenching. It's supposed to be a complete a picture, a bucket just dropping all over you. So that's the picture you get in Psalm 133. It wasn't just a little drop on Aaron on his forehead. No, it was a drenching. It dripped down over his face, on his beard, down onto his robe, onto his clothes, probably went down to his feet, all over the floor. That's what the anointing's supposed to be in our lives. It's a spiritual picture for us that you are covered from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. You're anointed. God has anointed you for his work. Just picture it. All of that all over you. Not a sprinkle, not a dab, not even a smear, but an outpouring on your life. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about Joel 2, which is the prophetic word of the Holy Spirit that came from God. But look at what the way that it's described. In verse 28, it shall come to pass afterward, this is Joel 2, verse 28, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I will pour out. I won't take a little bit and put it on. No, I will pour it out. I will pour it out all over your life. And what does it say? On all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see vision. That's the anointing on your life. It's an outpouring on your life. It covers you. See, sometimes we can get confused and we can think, oh, today I, have, I feel like I have a bit of anointing on me or I feel like I did something right. But we need to get it in our spirit. It's not like that. It's covering. It's all over us. And that's for our lives. It's the outpouring of the Spirit on your life and the anointing of the Spirit causes you to rise up and follow Jesus the way you were meant to follow Jesus. The other thing about the anointing for your life is that it's for you. It's for you. So you can't live through someone else's anointing. You, cannot allow, you can't even get under their anointing. Does that make sense? If you think about the oil being poured on Aaron, it's not like you can just come alongside him and hope that some of it gets on you. You've got your own anointing. You shouldn't live through someone else's anointing. That's a fabrication. That's a counterfeit anointing. It's not yours. It's fake. And you can never live through someone else's anointing because you have an anointing that's just for you. So point one this morning about the anointing is this. Are you with me? Is everyone leaning in? Yeah. Number one, the anointing separates you. It separates you. This is important to understand because this is the way it was set up by God. It distinguishes you, just like the fire did in the upper room. You can't mistake it. It's clear when you are anointed by God through the Holy Spirit, you are separated for His work. That's what the Holy Spirit anointing is on your life for, to separate you, to make you holy to consecrate you, to set you apart. So if you feel like you're set apart, can I encourage you, friend, you're on the right track. You're where you're supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to feel like. You are set apart because you're anointed for his work. It all originates in Exodus 30. In Exodus 30, God gives Moses specific instructions for the creation 
and the application of his holy anointing oil. And it's kind of interesting when you think about it and the parallel for us today, but in verse 22, it says this, the Lord said to Moses, take the finest spices. And then it goes on, it says, mix it with a certain amount of oil and a hint of olive oil in verse 24. And you shall make of these a sacred anointing oil blended as by the perfumer. And it says, you shall be, it shall be a holy anointing oil. So what is it saying there? The anointing is the best quality because he says, bring the finest spices. We don't bring our worst to God. We bring our best to God. And that's the thing about the anointing on your life. It should bring out the best in you. Can I just preach about that for a moment, that the anointing on your life is what the best of you is? Because God has put it on your life. God doesn't put second rate on you. He puts the best on you. So when it comes to the anointing on your life, it's the finest. Can I encourage you, when you are operating in your anointing, don't think that you're second best. Because you're not. God's anointing for you is the best. So he says, the best quality. I love that the Lord instructs Moses, bring the finest spices. The finest. Some translations say the very best spices to make the anointing oil. But then it goes on and it says, and the right quantity as well. Don't bring a little bit of oil. No, don't bring a little bit of oil. It says in uh, verse 24, a hin of olive oil. What is a hin? Somewhere between four and six quarts of oil, depending upon who you listen to, depending on what you read. But essentially, it's over a gallon of oil. So God is saying, bring the best quality and bring the right amount. Bring plenty. Your anointing is plenty. Your anointing is enough for you. Your anointing is the best there is. You know, it's the thing about the, uh, the anointing oil. Oil in the Old Testament, it's used 192 times, and usually it's referred to as olive oil. And olive oil, just like the Mount of Olives, the reason it's called the Mount of Olives is because the sheer amount of olive trees and the, 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 the olive presses at the bottom. But oil in this time was representative of a few things. But if there was oil present in a situation, in a culture, in a, in a household, in, in, in a season of life, it represented blessing. If you had oil in your house, it was costly, it was beautiful, it was often used in perfume, it was something that was actually considered to be pretty nice. So in other words, if you had oil in your life, you had a good life. Are you seeing where this is going? If you have oil in your life, you will have a good life. Friends, if you have the anointing of God in your life, it means you will have a good life. And I love it. I love that God wants us to have the good oil. Good oil was a reflection of a good life. In Proverbs 21, verse 20, it says, Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. Or in other words, he doesn't treasure it. He doesn't see it as important. A foolish man just thinks, oh, who cares? And if we're foolish with our anointing, we'll just look at it the same way. We'll say, oh, who cares about my anointing? I'm just going to do whatever I want. And quickly the anointing will fade. Quickly the anointing will leave. Good oil was a reflection of a good life. It was a reflection of health. It was a reflection of vitality. People would use it as a healing agent on skin. People would use it as a a special, special thing. And that's what God was doing with his intention about his own oil. He was saying, this is to set you apart. This is to to make you holy. In fact, in verse 29, look at what happens. He says, you shall consecrate them. This is the things inside his dwelling place, inside his tabernacle, that they may be most holy. 
whatever touches them after they've been anointed with oil will become holy. And I love that. That's the Old Testament application that when you anointed things in the tabernacle, it would become holy. But what what about in our own lives? As New Testament, New Covenant believers, we receive the Holy Spirit and therefore the anointing in our lives. I just love that picture that people could come into contact with us as Christians, as believers, as people that love Jesus, that have the Holy Spirit in our lives, that all of a sudden people touch us come into contact with us, walk into our worlds, our sphere of influence, they come in, they come into contact with us and they change. How powerful is that idea in our lives? That we could live our lives with such an anointing and operate in such an anointing on our lives, knowing it's come from heaven, that people just have to come into your space and they'll be changed forever. That's what happened in the Old Testament. You touch the utensils in the tabernacle, you became holy. You touched touch the lampstand or the doorpost, you became holy. I would love it if I would, my prayer for our church is that we would be so anointed as people, as believers in, in Christ and know who we are in Christ that when we encounter people, people are changed. People come into contact with the Holy Spirit just by coming into contact with us. What are they coming into contact? With the holy anointing in our lives. They begin to notice something about you. They begin to see something about you. They literally see you as set apart from everybody else. When I was a new Christian, I used to just sometimes have these moments of doubt where I'd just be like, man, I just feel like I should be out there partying more. Or I should just be out there just like living wild more, just kind of doing what I want. But what God was teaching me in that season, and thankfully I had great pastors and leaders that were showing me that I was set apart. I was different. God has anointed me for his work. That means that we're set apart. We're different. We are holy. We are righteousness. And there's nothing that we did to earn it. But guess what? We've got it. We're anointed and it's wonderful. Come on, can I get a Pentecostal amen in church this morning from someone? You're anointed by the Spirit of God for the work of God. Jesus said it in Mark 4. He was reciting Isaiah 6 in the temple around the people of God, around the people who knew the word of God better than anyone. He stands up, he opens the book to Isaiah 6 and he says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. There's that word, anointed me. To what? Bring good news to the poor. I love it. It's wonderful. The Holy Spirit has anointed you, it means you're separated, it means you're distinguished, it means you're set apart for the work of the Lord. Psalm 45, verse 7 says, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. There it is right there. Separated, set apart, made holy for God's holy purpose in Jesus' name. That means that you have the anointing to do everything that God has called you to do. Don't doubt it. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that the anointing comes and it goes and it, it, it sort of wanders and, you know, up and down depending upon the weather. And We're anointed. Once that thing's poured on, that's it. And I love it. It also means that when you're anointed by God through the Holy Spirit, there's a target on your back. Does anyone believe that this morning? I can tell you that having planted a church. You want to you get a target on your back? Plant a church. Plant a church where people get saved. You'll get a target on your back real quick. 
But can I encourage you about the anointing? When it comes to the anointing, you will have a target on your back because this is what the, the devil hates more than anything. It's an effective Christian, a Christian who's moving in the Holy Spirit, a Christian that's walking in the power of God, a Christian that understands that they are anointed and they are moving forward. They're sharing their faith. They're talking about God. They're always in church. They're loving the Lord. Things are changing. People are coming into contact with them and being changed. That's what the enemy hates. What the enemy loves is an ineffective Christian. What's an ineffective Christian? I sort of pray every now and again. I read my word. I read the word of God not that often. Go to church kind of when I feel like it, but I am a Christian. See, the enemy loves that. Ineffective. Not reaching anyone. Not making much of a change. But God wants you to understand that you are anointed for the life that he has called you to live. Don't play it down. My pastor always used to say, new levels, new devils. New levels in life, new devils in life. It means there's a bigger target in, on your back. It means that he wants to take you out. He's got a plan to mess you up, but the anointing is on your life and it cannot go away from you. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it separates you for God's work. Number two, it strengthens you for God's work. Number two is it strengthens you. Does anyone believe that this morning? I love it in 1 Samuel 16. This is when things had gone down with Saul and Saul had rebelled against God's word and he'd messed up and... God kind of says to Samuel in this sort of loving way, I, I, th I think it's kind of loving. He says to Samuel in verse 1 of 1 Samuel 16, he says, How long will you grieve after Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? It's kind of like you're just having a conversation. He's like, will you just get over it? I've moved on from Saul. But then he says something cool. He says, fill your horn with oil and go. And he, of course, he goes and he anoints David. But I love it, it says, fill your horn with oil. And it reminded me of Luke 1, in verse 69. It says, And God has raised up a horn of salvation for us. See, the horn, it represents strength. It represents power. The horn is the strongest part of the animal. So what does the anointing mean for you? It means strength. It means power. It means that you can move forward knowing that you've got the strength to do what God wants you to do. It's the strongest part of the animal. It's where your strength comes from. The anointing is where your power comes from. See, if it's all in your own effort, it will never, ever be enough. If it's all in your effort, it will never, ever be enough. I think there are some people I meet in life and you can just see the anointing on their life and you can see that the power comes from the anointing. It doesn't come from them. I think about our kids' pastors, Liz and Aaron. They're anointed for that role. They're anointed for that world. They're anointed for that ministry. It's almost like the effort doesn't really matter. They can just do it because they're anointed to do it. Yeah. I think about my wife, Jill. She's anointed to lead people in worship. Amen. Is anyone grateful for that this morning? But there's something on her life to do it. And that's the thing about the anointing. It's supposed to strengthen your walk with God. But here's the thing, friend. You can... You can ignore it if you want. You can run away from it if you want, but the anointing is your anointing. It's just there. And I just love that. We can operate in our anointing. We can move forward in our anointing, but God wants us to know that we will be strengthened when we have His anointing on our lives. To do it in our own effort is simply futile. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. I don't want to, I don't want to expend any energy from here up on the platform unless I'm in the anointing of God, using the power of God to do it. Amen? So the anointing of God, it separates you for His work. The second thing is, it strengthens you for His work. How could you lose the anointing? 
It's probably worth going there, thinking about. But I think you can lose the anointing. I think there's scripture that shows you you can. I think Saul's a great example. He rebelled against God and he lost his anointing. But I think our anointing can, can, can grow stale, can fade away unless we, unless we steward it, unless we uh, engage with it and understand it more. But I think pride can get in the way when it comes to our anointing. Pride can be the thing that can separate us from God because pride ultimately says I can be God in my own life. Pride creates distance between me and God. And when we do that, the anointing will run fast out of your life. The other is disobedience to God's word. And that's what happened to Saul. He didn't listen to the prophet Samuel. He kind of went his own way, tried to do his own thing. Didn't listen to God's word. So he was disobedient and the anointing left his life. The same thing happened to, uh, to um, Samson. <laughs> the same thing happened to Samson. I was about to say Saul again. Same thing happened to Samson. The anointing left his life, lost his strength. So when we don't understand it, it can grow stale. But I want to be the type of person where I don't have a stale anointing. I don't want our church to ever have a stale anointing. I don't want our leaders to have it. I don't want our pastors to ever have a stale anointing. I want us to have a fresh anointing. The type of anointing where we just feel energized and full of life because we're operating in a fresh anointing. And friends, let me give you the, tea. the key to it all is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will ensure that you have a fresh anointing in Jesus' name. The anointing on your life helps you to be strengthened to make good decisions. See, that's the thing about the Holy Spirit. It leads you into all truth. It knows all truth. Holy Spirit, He knows all truth. How does He know all truth? It's because He knows all truth. Which means that your anointing puts you in a position of strength. 1 John chapter 2. Speaking of the Holy Spirit again, he says, But you have been anointed, there's that word, anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. The Holy Spirit will help you sort the truth from the untruth, help you be in a position of strength when it comes to knowing what is right and what is wrong, being able to discover uh, godly truth for your own life and to walk into the very next thing that God has for you. He wants you to do it on the very best foundation you can. So the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit anointing will strengthen you. And the last is, so it separates you, it strengthens you, and it grows you. The Holy Spirit anointing. And this is what I mean by that. And please hear my heart. I'm not saying that what God gives us isn't enough and that we have to try to enlarge it ourselves. That's not what I mean. It's perfect and it's enough. But we can develop and we can grow in our anointing. We, we, can, we, can, we can move in our anointing and we can, we can develop and we can get better and we can, we can call on the help of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that when it comes to ministry and when it comes to the things that God has given us to do in this life, we can get better at it. To me, it's kind of like a faith muscle. You've probably heard this before, but it's so true. It's like when we start to use that muscle of faith, we take something that wasn't being used before and then the more we use it, the more we condition it, the more it grows. And when it comes to our anointing, it's the same way. When we operate in our anointing, we get better at using our anointing. You might be anointed to share your faith. Can I encourage you, friend? Share your faith as much as you can. Because as you do that, you will grow in it. You will get better in it. God's anointing is still on your life. It's not like it left, but it's going to grow and it's going to get better and better in Jesus' name. Maybe there's anointing, yeah, like I said, to, to inspire people to faith. Maybe there's an anointing on your life to pray for other people, to intercede, to be a prayer warrior. 
You're just that person who just like loves to pray for people. You hear about something going on or maybe the Holy Spirit shows you that someone needs prayer, so you pray for them. It's an anointing on your life. Maybe it's an anointing for, for you to be able to disciple people into the faith. Maybe you're the type of person who just has an anointing on you to walk with people through the journey. I love that anointing. That's a great anointing to have, to help people move along and grow in their walk with Jesus. Maybe your anointing is just to run a connect group to, for hospitality, to welcome people in and make people feel at home in God's house. Or maybe your anointing is to run a great business for kingdom purpose, to finance the advancing of the kingdom. There are people out there and they just have this anointing on them that I believe is God-given. They can just run businesses so well. They just do so well and such a great job at making money. But really the purpose is to make money for kingdom advancement to grow the church and to grow the kingdom of God, but they're just so good at doing business. They're so good at, at spotting a niche and building something. It's anointing and it's wonderful. You're with me this morning. I'm appreciating you this morning. There are just some people out there that have that kind of anointing, but you have an anointing for something. Every single one of us. No one's left out. You say yes to Jesus, you invite the Holy Spirit to come into your life. God anoints you for His work. That's the truth. That's what, it, that's what it looks like. But here's the point this morning, friends, and this is what I want you to catch more than anything. Don't ever let your anointing get stale. Don't ever let your anointing oil grow stale. Don't let there be any flies in the ointment. Don't let it grow stale in your life. In Psalm 92, it's one of my favorite psalms. Of all the Psalms, it talks about God's house and flourishing in the house of God and growing up and bearing fruit in every season. And it's a wonderful Psalm. I preach, I preach about it all the time, but I found this in verse 10. It says this, But you have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. I want to speak fresh oil into your life this morning. I want the Holy Spirit to infuse into your spirit this morning fresh oil. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about natural oil. I'm not going to go and walk up to your seat and pour it over you. But spiritually speaking, I'm going to believe in Jesus' name. There's going to be fresh oil in your spiritual life. There's going to be fresh oil in your future. There's going to be fresh oil in your days to come. That as you begin to step into whatever God has for you, that there would be a sense of fresh oil. What does that look like? Health, vitality, God moving, you hearing from God. You being able to make decisions with the spirit of wisdom, that there just be this fresh oil, this fresh oily anointing. Somebody say, good oil. I want the good, say, say, I want the good oil. That's what you should declare over your own life. Would you stand with me? You received that word this morning. I'm believing for people to receive some fresh oil in church this morning. For you to leave this place knowing that you know that God has injected fresh oil into your walk with Him. I would love it if you just consider where you're at for a moment when it comes to your own spiritual walk. What does your anointing look like? Are you living off yesterday's anointing? Are you living off a stale anointing, that stale smell of maybe religion or obligation or routine? Just going through the motions, does your anointing kind of look like that? Because I really believe God this morning has got you here because He wants you to hear this message so you'll get a fresh anointing and fresh oil. 
Though there'll be a sense of fresh oil being poured over your spiritual life for whatever's ahead in your life. New season, new business, family growing, opportunities ahead. Maybe you're going through difficulties. Maybe now is the time to accept that fresh oil into that situation. You're saying, yeah, that's me. I need some fresh, fresh oil. So this is what we're going to do. I'd love it if you could just open your hands up like this. Come on, do it with me, everyone. Everyone needs some fresh oil in their life. And we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to give us a fresh anointing, fresh oil into our spiritual life for the journey ahead. Lord, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for a fresh anointing in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we ask in Jesus' name that you would just begin to pour out that fresh oil in people's spiritual lives right now. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you you come into our lives with gentleness and care and you lead us into all truth. You lead us into your goodness. You lead us into all the promises of God towards his truth and ultimately towards Jesus. So we pray this morning, Lord, for the season that we're in, for every single person with their hands out, open, ready to receive, Lord, that you would pour in a fresh anointing over your people, Lord, for the work that you have ahead for us. Lord, thank you that you anoint our head with oil and therefore our cup overflows. Lord, we thank you for that promise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.